Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. It's nuanced a little bit differently, yeah. the language of it. Um, so I do find that if I try to jump in at that part, I'm always doing a different version mm-hmm. of... Yeah, it's like it's, even the St. Michael Prayer. Yeah. You visit a different about. parish and somebody's got a prowling, somebody's got yeah. a you roaming. Know, yeah. roaming, everyone's... You know, cast into cast, the rust in them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have your... <laughs> Everybody kind of gets a little quiet at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's ever going to say is, here? Yeah. Although I'm on Carmel, we're pretty solid. We, you know, we've got the pre-K to lead us through. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. They're locked into it. They are. They're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. Um, I'm Austin, here with Tina, and we have a special guest, the principal of our school, Our Lady Mount Carmel School, Sister Anna Joseph, a Dominican sister of St. Cecilia out of Nashville. Very good. Very good. Thank <laughs> you for having me. So Sister is here, and um, we were talking recently about doing a podcast with you, and we were trying to come up with different ideas. Um, and one of the thoughts that came to mind was uh, we had both – my wife had recently read um, the book The Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat. Mm-hmm. You had read it, and I am in the midst of reading it. Yeah. Tina's not read it, I but we pulled not. her into the conversation. That's right. <laughs> Silence. It's something we all yeah. have some experience with or without. Right. And... Hopefully. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we either we either have the experience of it or dread the experience of it or otherwise. Relish the experience yeah, of it. Exactly. Right. If you're a parent with many kids, then you live for silence. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. waiting for that moment. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was um, hoping that today we could talk about silence. Um, so from here on out, we're not going to say a thing for the next half hour. Starting now. Sing a loss. Well, we'll That's see. That's like when I play the quiet game with my kids. Yeah. And it's pretty much true of, of how hard it is to enter into silence. Yeah. Right? I think that just right. like epitomizes the, um, you can try with small children and yet they're all like looking around like thinking about what's going to be like when it's not silent. Right. And uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, it's a part of, part of human nature, is it? Or it is. is it? I uh, think so. Part of fallen human nature? Yeah. yeah. I, think yeah so. I would think our fallen human nature is the restlessness and, and silence. Yeah. I think. So at any rate, what I'm going to do is just read an awesome quote right from chapter one uh, of this book, The Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat, and then um, ask a question and we'll just roll with it. So here it is. It's, it's a little bit long. The greatest things are accomplished in silence, not in the clamor and display of superficial eventfulness, but in the deep clarity of inner vision in the almost imperceptible start of decision and quiet overcoming and hidden sacrifice. Spiritual conception happens when the heart is quickened by love and the free will stirs to action. The silent forces are the strong forces. Let us turn now to the stillest event of all, stillest because it came from the remoteness beyond the noise of any possible intrusion, from God. So, how are we to understand that idea, that quote, that we just read and live that. Any thoughts? Nothing jumped out at me right after the start um, with regards to the question that you asked that followed it. You know, how are we to live that? Um, I think, one, because maybe um, uh, maybe it didn't give me enough um, emphasis around silence. Um, I, f- 
I think in hearing it the second time, I heard it earlier this morning, um, I got a sense of the silence. But this time, because it's my second time hearing it, I felt like I got the fruit of the silence <laughs> hmm. um, versus the silence. Um, what were your What was your initial thought, sister? When I first heard, when I first read it, just just now, I thought again about what the what the author was thinking about about this this one moment of mm-hmm. of God. Can you read that last part again, where it's um, it, this event that it talks about? Um, yes, let's see. Let Let us turn now to the stillest event of all. Stillest because it came from the remoteness beyond the noise of any possible intrusion. From God. Yeah, and so that section that um, Cardinal Sarah is pulling from the Lord, I don't know exactly which section of the Lord it is, but Romano Guardini's book, yeah. book is all just the story of Christ. And so I wonder if that's right before the nativity, or I wonder if it's mm. right before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which event in the Lord's life is has that stillness, that silence, um, that makes us um, that makes us marvel at um, what God is doing in in a silent way without words. And I think um, one of my favorite Old Testament stories is Elijah and all of the crazy things that happen with him and that there's just this great madness with all the prophets of Baal and they've done their whole contest to see who's Who's, right. who's powerful, right? right. Can you um, pour water all over your sacrifice and call mm-hmm. upon your God to burn it? And it's just after that scene that Elijah ends up on the mountain of God, right? And mm-hmm. he... Um, he goes out and God is not in the earthquake right. and God is not in the fire. And, and where does God come but in the still small voice, right? Mm-hmm. In that like sense of um, silence mm-hmm. and stillness is how God wants to communicate himself to us. Right. Yeah, I like that. Cause that that's a great story too because as the, those prophets of Baal are, um, are trying to invoke their gods, Elijah's almost kind of mocking them a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, it's like yeah. they're dancing and he's like, call louder. Maybe uh-huh. he can't hear. Yeah, maybe he's busy. Yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe he's tied up. And so they do. They start calling louder. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then nothing happens. Uh, but um, I never made that connection, though, that then he goes to the mountain and finds God in the stillness. So yeah. he identifies that God is not in this loudness. Right. I think that's one thing Cardinal Sarah says a lot in here is that, that God is found in the stillness. Mm-hmm. Um have have you experienced this in in your own lives? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's one of um, one of the principles of us as as religious is that silence is part of our constitution. So we have places and times of silence that we're always observing, um, and it's purposeful silence. And so, what the cardinal. Um, um, what the biggest thing that stood out to me in throughout his whole book is that silence isn't an emptiness. It isn't this just void. Mm. It's actually this this presence. So um, that's, this is one of the most important things to remember, right? So as sisters, we are silent to unite ourselves to the Lord. There's a purpose behind this um, so that if we want to contemplate and give to others the fruits of our contemplation, mm-hmm. we must encounter God in his presence um, through that silence. Uh, and so it's v- it's very powerful to actually enter into silence. And then, um, and then from experience, I know that it's difficult. Right, 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 right. for sure, for sure. Because I think when we come, <clears throat> when we make a conscious effort to, come to silence, um, uh, if we're, uh, we actually come to, to that place with all of the noise mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. has happened prior to that. Yeah. 
and um, and the the process of um, uh, divesting ourselves of all of that noise so that we can be present to the Lord. It's a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes people say, you know what, this is too difficult. I don't think, you know, I don't think that I can do it. Uh, yesterday on the podcast, we spoke a little bit about uh, time, you know, making a, it the same time uh, of the day or, or, you know, maybe where you know um, uh, that at this particular like time, ritual? I am a ritual yeah. of coming in uh, to pray with God. I think there's some value to that mm-hmm. in that you can yourself uh, begin to divest yourself of how many conversations do I want to have leading up to this silence? You know, maybe I want to mm-hmm. start separating myself a little bit and finding um, a little bit of quiet um, so that when I go into uh, pray, if it's in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel or where it might be, I'm not coming to the Lord on the heels of maybe a conversation that I had that was it could be it could have been a quite a joyful conversation but sometimes joy is hard to mm-hmm. to quell down to be quiet with the lord it could have been an argument you know but these um but the time that we spend before we come to quiet really i think plays a big part in how quiet uh, we can get and how quickly mm-hmm. we can get quiet yeah well, and i i, <clears throat> I want to talk about too just the uh um why why silence is so good in relation with God, like in developing mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen that in my own life with relationships with other people. Um, you know, if you think about like uh, a good relationship is not necessarily found in a multiplicity of words. Like if Tina, if you and I for the first time sat down and just had an hour long conversation with tons of no- like tons of words mm-hmm. exchanged, that may have had an impact for a short amount of time. Right. But where a relationship is developed is in the the regular um, the regular communicating with one another. So mm-hmm. the words, in a sense, are almost like a means for deeper relationship until it gets to a point, like with my spouse, with Claire, where right. words are hardly needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we might express something, but Claire can say a few words now at this point, and I have a great understanding of what she's trying to communicate most of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Still learning, you know. Sure. Right. Um, but I think that that's. It, that that speaks to to something of why silence is important in relationship because it um, because initially there might be some more words some more activity um, mm-hmm. but ultimately there is a place in a relationship that we see with other people where quietness um, speaks louder and there's just the peace of being in the presence of the other mm-hmm. um, which I think is what you can experience um, with a spouse but with the Lord. Um, above all other things where if if you can really enter into that silence and you're not still living a conversation yeah. in your head or having an imaginary conversation sure. which we do so Famous well absolutely um, and so you know you're 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 replaying something or you're you're projecting your next conversation and just one you know you can keep something going like that for, for a sure. really long time and it um the Lord can work through all those things, of mm-hmm. course, and he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that sometimes it really is one of those, how much time do I spend preparing for it? And then how long am I willing to to sit in silence and to endure mm-hmm. the silence? Because that's the silent game that kids play, right? They can't endure the mm-hmm. silence. Um, somebody's got to break it. Somebody's got to say something um, or it just becomes awkward. But if you can um, if you can have that opportunity to go on a retreat, a silent retreat. Have you ever done a silent retreat? 
retreat? I haven't. We no. did a podcast yeah. very recently on retreats, okay. but, um, and we both disclosed and I that, we- <laughs> that we wish we'd have gone on a silent retreat, Yeah, but we have not yet. There you go. Well, now, you know, the, here's the challenge for, for you two, for the listeners, uh, um, a, a silent retreat or a day, uh, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be long, but cause you need the time you need to sit with the Lord for a, a period of time and say, I'm just going to, because it takes that long to clear some yeah. of the, yeah. what's going on in your yeah, head to be able to say, all right, Lord, now mm-hmm. I'm open. I can receive um, from you. I can just be here with you. Uh, I think that that's one of those beautiful things. I can still remember this. There was um, a couple from our parish when I was growing up and they lived on a main street and they had a table by this big window in their, in their house. And I always remembered watching them at church, and they were just a nice-looking old couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we would drive home or from school, we would always see them sitting at their table across from each other. And it never looked like they were doing anything. They were just sitting there. And they always were happy-looking, you know? They're just happy-looking. They would just mm-hmm. sit at their table across from each other. And I always it made an impression on me as a kid. I don't know much mm-hmm. about them. That's all I can tell you, you yeah. know? <laughs> but um, I still remember it. I still remember mm-hmm. driving by and thinking... There's something, they're just happy to be with one another. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. there, there they are. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hours and hours and hours of their day that they must have just set, spent being with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and there was something really attractive to a young child about it, you know? Yeah, and there's an element of kind of growing into that. You mm-hmm. know, this was an older couple, you said. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, early on, and, and I think in our relationship with God too, early on, there's more of a tendency to talk um, or mm. to be active, you know, in, in prayer, which I, which is completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like any, like a relationship with a person, a good one, um, usually that seems to kind of grow into more comfort with mm-hmm. the silence, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like a long car ride, you can sit with your parents and not say anything and it's not awkward for anyone, but get someone new in the car yep. and it's quiet the whole way. Oh man, you feel the pain of every second. <laughs> no talk. It's like when yeah. we have mics in front of our face and nobody has anything to say. <laughs> You're just like, the somebody, say, somebody say something. <laughs> and then um, the Cardinal and the author of the, uh, or the, um, there's a, a reporter. A reporter. Who, who's, who's asking the cardinal questions. Doing some this. interviewing yeah. there. Also hits a, a Carthusian monk later in the in the book. And so mm-hmm. asking him some questions. And the depth of answer is clearly um, correlated to the time he has spent in silence. Right, right. And so it's after years of being formed by the silence, that years of being formed by God, but by right. the silence, mm-hmm. by the, the, the discipline of silence, mm-hmm. I think, that um, he comes forth with these beautiful thoughts about the Lord. And I think the Lord promises us the same thing, right. um, this, this growth in a depth of relationship with him over time. You know, there's mm-hmm. this author... Um, and this, he was a professor back in the 60s, who I really enjoy reading his stuff. His name is Marshall McLuhan. Hmm. Um, he, he coined some phrases people might be familiar with. The medium is the message, um, some other things like that. Uh, but he, one thing he said is, uh, there is no inevitability as long as there is a willingness to contemplate what is happening. There's a lot packed into that. Mm-hmm. But basically, like there's kind of what you were saying, how there's this depth of wisdom mm-hmm. from these people. If there's nothing that is inevitable, if we take a moment to contemplate our life, what is happening now around us, to sit and just be still with it. 
Um, I think it's very easy, particularly in a in a world where communication is instantaneous. You mm-hmm. have a thought, you can put it out for people to give their opinions mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's thought and out so quickly um, that it is very important to sit and be silent and really think things through. Um, on the one hand, thinking it through, but then on the other hand, just trying to to allow God to help you yeah. think it through. You know, uh, and to be still and and quiet and all of it. And it opens the door to greater depth of dialogue rather than kind of a a ranting or yelling of opinion. It actually opens the door to understanding because that's something God gives us. He gives us understanding. Ask for it. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you understanding. But you don't get it by by being active and being busy and being, you know, constantly communicating. Where does he have time Mm -hmm. to give you those gifts? You know, the gifts come, uh, I think, mm-hmm. more in, in the silence when you take time to be still yeah, and that, ask for it. That just reminded me of that psalm, uh, the line in the psalms, be still and know that I am God, right? Supreme yeah. among the nations, supreme right. on the earth. But be still and know that I am God. And there's like emphasis on the I am God part, <laughs> right. right? Because if you're still and silent and you fill your thoughts with me, myself, and 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 where I'm going in life, and what's going on, and um, begging God for all these things to build up yourself, right? right. Then, uh, then y- your stillness isn't isn't right. fruitful in the same way. And you know, you said maybe w- we have a difference in opportunity to just be silent or to experience the fruits of silence. Right, 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 right. And I think that that um, I mean, I think that that's that's key. Um, I think that from the busyness of the day, we can uh, maybe come to silence uh, thinking that we know something of God, and uh, and we come to the prayer mm-hmm. with all of our preconceived ideas of who we think God is and who we think we are, and um, and we ask God for a lot of things that maybe not might not be helpful to us, as if um, God was a giver of gifts, which he is, but not to not for us to be able to build up our own kingdoms uh, mm-hmm. within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's important, I think, to um, to be silent before God. I gave this uh, this little analogy, and uh, just because I'm kind of childlike, but uh, with Austin before this began. But hey, you might make me, it to heaven being childlike. I too. might. Good work. <laughs> I am forever a four-year-old child. So I had told him that um, you know, in our gifts episode, I had uh, related uh, to him that I find that uh, the the height of uh, of gift giving or or a present that's received is the moment before it's opened. You know, all of the wonder that's there about, I wonder what it is, Mm -hmm. I wonder what it could be. And then actually after opening the gift, uh, you know, the gift may be useful or whatever else, but really all of the the dynamic uh, qualities of a gift come uh, in, in receiving it and wondering uh, what what is in this gift? And I think that that's sort of what uh, the silence of prayer is. It's coming before God in wonder uh, of who who you are, who am I, and uh, to be in a place of um, receptive to uh, learning who He is, and not coming not coming at Him with all of the answers uh, or with uh, maybe even all of the needs of the day. But I think sometimes we just need to come before Him silent with all of that. Um, uh, you know, there are times we speak to him about that. We cry out to him about that. There's many forms of prayer. Uh, but to be completely silent before him and say, you know, um, I don't know uh, entirely who I am, um, and I don't know entirely who you are, 
but I want to sit here before you um, and uh, and be silent, knowing that you exist and that mm-hmm. something is happening in mm-hmm. this, and uh, and I'm going to be better off for it. Uh, and there will be fruits that come from that. Uh, there's never a time that's left where there's not fruits, even if the even if the time spent is in wrestling with oneself, and this happens for months and months and months. Uh, there is always fruits on the other yeah. side of that. Um, the two go hand in hand, and they may not be the fruits we expect. Like you know, the car is fixed, and the the kids are doing well in school, and whatever <laughs> whatever else we have. But there are definitely fruits for eternal mm-hmm. life. Well, and I think actually your story um, kind of is a is a great fruit of what you of what you've just said that there's always fruits. Well, I don't think that we'd be able to sisters looking at me like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> Let me explain. How many times did he say fruit? And was there a verb there? <laughs> Glad my expression says everything. I didn't even have to say words. See, there, this there is, this is the expression. practice of our silence here. <laughs> but you, uh, you mentioned that it's, in the anticipation of the gift, essentially, that it's the moments right before opening, but that is a reality that's not recognized unless you spend time in silence, wouldn't you say? Right, I like agree we, with you. You know, no, it, it would just you. be there's a gift, right. I open it, move on, next that's thing, right, and there's right. kind of a failure to recognize uh, what actually happened in that exchange, right, right, whereas right. the silence allows us to see things for what it is. Mm-hmm. I've also found, um, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, just in silence in terms of relationship again. And uh, and I was thinking about our children. So um, if you've listened before, you've probably heard me say that I have four kids age five and under. Um, and it's really interesting. When kids come out, they are they scream, but in general, there's a lot of silence because they can't communicate in the way that we do. So they're silent beings. When they sleep, they're silent um, for the most part. And... Uh, <laughs> But it's interesting. There's two of my kids that, given life circumstances and the personality of the children, that I spent a lot more time with them in silence. So uh, one in particular, my third son, Charlie, I spent a lot more time with him. He didn't take a pacifier, um, didn't suck on his thumb or anything like that, and was just kind of a higher-maintenance baby. And so Claire and I rotated a lot more getting up to take care of him. Our current baby, Leo, he wakes up. And he cries, he wants milk, he's right back down. Simplest kid ever. Um, And I found with Charlie, the more time I spent with him, the more I came to just understand very subtle nuances about him um, without him saying anything. But I just knew based on the way he was moving um, and things that I can't even explain about him physically. Mm -hmm. But I would just know that now this kid wants to be rocked or now this kid wants to be still or now he just wants to get up. There were just things that you knew. With Leo, it's funny, and I realized this um, just in the past couple days preparing for this podcast, but I've not spent that much time, as much time with him because he's really, really relaxed. And uh, and so if there is a moment when Claire says, Austin, will you go get Leo? There's panic that strikes because I'm like, I don't know the depths of this child. Is <laughs> That's <mine>. right. <laughs> I don't know if I can That's help good. him. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but um, but you, so you'll get to know him in the silence or in the loudness of uh, the, those screaming moments. I, I hear in the teenage years that there's a lot of silence from your kids coming to you. from. Oh, yeah, there's silence coming. Yeah, right. 
But the, the cues will be the eye rolling. <laughs> you'll learn. You'll know the silent communications thing. It's um, a lot of sign language. <laughs> yeah, you get to know him. Um, the the cardinal. Another line that struck me was then he says, "All the great mysteries unfold in silence." And so mm-hmm. I think the mystery of human life is yeah. another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the cardinal. I don't know if he said um, human life is one of his things. I think he did a lot of natural sorts of examples, um, but um, but human life. One of the best examples for something that unfolds in silence, this mystery of nine months. And so that's what makes me think at the beginning um, of this podcast when you read that quote that um, it's this anticipation of God's greatest thing happening in the stillness, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that stillness. But then when I think about stillness in our lives as Catholics, one of those great moments of stillness is Holy Thursday night. Do you know that, like when they when the Blessed mm-hmm. Sacrament, you, you just stay there to um, watch and pray, mm-hmm. and you think about the Lord and what's what's about to unfold there. Mm-hmm. This great mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great stillness, even in every parish I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Somehow the people the people become still and silent, and you just kind of sit with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most beautiful vigils of the church, right? To um, kind of just let the silence um, have its impact. Right. You also get that at, at every Mass in a smaller sense, that the most important part of the Mass mm-hmm. is the quietest part, is in the consecration. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's, it's funny because we, we have bells, but the bells are actually there to remind you to be silent, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an interior silence, that this, mm-hmm. is, this is the source and summit of our faith, Jesus, you know, in mm-hmm. the Eucharist. And, mm-hmm. and it's quiet. The priest says words, lifts the, lifts the host, and then it's it's silence, and then it's a very brief moment. It comes and it goes, you know, in a mm-hmm. blink of an eye. But mm-hmm. that is like it's kind of like the the little taste of Holy Thursday in a sense, yeah. almost like here is this moment, yeah, um, where we see God. Well, to tag into Sister's thought on on Holy Thursday, you know, I find that um, it's funny because uh, as we as we uh, spend time in the church, I always feel like it gets colder, also, like. <laughs> Like all of time is like standing still, holding its yeah. breath, right? Yeah. And uh, the church gets a little colder. You can feel, you know, the longer the longer you stay, or if you you decide to stay a, a greater length of time. But then that even continues as you come back to the church on um, on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. There's a, a profound sort of silence mm-hmm. um, uh, on when the Lord has 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 passed. So. Mm. Um, you know, so it just reminded me of that, you know, yeah. um, that in the silence, um, uh, there's always something very profound happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, even on, uh, on Good Friday, uh, when, when Christ dies, Jesus dies, um, uh, there's, there's more going on than we know, than the eye can see. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something very, I think... Uh, uh, important about silence is that there is so much more uh, profound uh, happening uh, that that the eye cannot see and the mind cannot understand, uh, and so much chaos surrounding uh, mm-hmm. the death of of Jesus and and what happened to his inner circle and and the different emotions and the different ways that 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 people responded uh, in very real ways. Um, but uh, there's just something happening and i and i don't think that um that maybe uh we as as people give enough uh uh true uh 
expression uh, to our faith Mm -hmm. to say that I believe that something more profound is happening. And so therefore, I am going to go and be silent with Mm -hmm. the Lord and expect for something to happen. Mm. Do we have an expectation for silence? I don't, you know, I think that that's, that's a great question is what do you expect um, to come from silence? Because if we expect Mm. to hear God in the fire or the earthquake, um, we might miss the still small voice. Um, Or if we have so many expectations that we, um, God needs to answer this prayer. He's going to speak to me in some way to answer the prayer that I came with um, to this moment. Um, we might miss the still small voice um, that's that's trying to steer us to his to his sacred heart in another way. Right, right, right. Um, very good, sister. I like mm-hmm. that thought. Yeah, and and he's and in kind of that same sense of being silent is is his humility. Is he he's mm-hmm. always kind of cloaked. You know, yeah. God is in the Holy Spirit. Um, if, whether it's the Eucharist or even even in our thoughts sometimes, like, you know, it, it can be confusing. Like, here's a thought that came to me. Who was, you know, was that, mm-hmm. did I produce that thought? Did it come from somewhere else? You know, and so he, he cloaks himself, you know, within our own interior and speaks to us in ways that are, um, are very intimate and personal, mm-hmm. but that are still veiled in a sense, um, mm-hmm. in a sense of quiet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, sister, we have just about one or two more minutes left. Um, so before we close, what advice or words of encouragement would you give to somebody who gets really frustrated with silence? Uh, that's a great question. Endure it. <laughs> Simple. I think, I yeah. think you have to endure the silence. And when you find that it's, it's something lonely, um, seek the presence of the Lord in the silence. So if that means pick yourself up and drive to a place where there's something beautiful in front of you, um, where you can be lost in looking at something that reminds you of the Lord, or get yourself to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, um, the Eucharist is silent, but it's presence. And so um, to to put yourself there and then to endure it because because it takes time. The um, the beauty of how the Lord speaks to us is that He has to get through so much of the gunk that we've already we've already built up into this soundproofing um, mm-hmm. wall um, that that He's got to get through all of that, and He can penetrate He can penetrate um, the silence of uh, the noise of our own silence, right? right and right. so, um, and then to come to us um, with His real presence um, and to speak to our hearts. Mm, mm-hmm. That's perfect. Well, thank you, sister. This is this was really enjoyable to talk about silence, which, as you said in your email, is a bit ironic, but <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Um, did you have any, okay? Um, I I am very interested to hear from our listeners. Just what obstacles do you face when you try to enter silence? What are some of your biggest obstacles? I'd love to hear about it. Um, also, just wanted to give a shout out to Christine Marie, um, who. Uh, we did a post the other day. It was very recently the World Day of Social Communications. So um, did a post and asked people how they use uh, social media in a very positive way. And uh, you can check it out on Facebook. She said that she's involved in some groups where they offer mutual encouragement to one another and kind of walk with each other um, in a similar state in life. And I thought that was beautiful. and went right along with what our Holy Father was saying. Um, so thank you for responding, Christine. And... Uh, And like I said, if you have an answer to that question, what's your greatest distraction, we'd love to know um, so we can talk about it. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray for us. Thanks again for tuning in. 
We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vichy Mundo. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon.